listening to Diverse City Podcast. Please stay tuned to hear a powerful word. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversecity.church. Or to text to give, text DIVERSE to 73256. Thank you for listening and enjoy the word. way with my burdens have your way with my yoke you said we can give it to you God and we ask for you to accept it for Pastor Aldine shared that we celebrate today for my family the birth of my son but in the same time tomorrow I grieve because of the death of my twin where I only had precious 90 seconds to hold my beautiful Timothy. Lord, though you slay us, yet we choose to trust them. Lord, when we can't make sense, should I feel happy, should I feel sad? Lord, I trust you. Father, I can't trace you in this middle of this situation. But I choose right now to trust you. Miss Pettigrew, we lift you up today. We know you're going forward to have surgery this week. And the same God that covered my dad six weeks ago with his hip surgery will be the same God that will bring you into full recovery. Lord, we lift up every request from Stephanie from looking for jobs and others that are having issues in employment. Nevertheless, our cry and our prayer today is not our will, but your will be done. Lord, I pray and thank you right now that you have received our worship. And we choose to reciprocate that today by receiving your word. So I thank you in advance that it's going to bless the hearers, that it's going to bless those that are watching live or on replay, that your word will remain forever. So Lord, we praise you have your way in this place. And all that agree, say amen and amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're not going to waste any time today. I'm excited to be here today. It is 1130. Thank you to all the leaders, volunteers, and deacons that has done their part to make up. Nope, we're good today. No pulpit. We're just going to keep it real. Thank you, Pastor Drew, and all of those that are here today. Thank you for the inconvenience. I know we're a little bit closer than normal. And also shout out to the praise and worship team for bringing it in. Hallelujah. It's like Chris Paul throwing the alley hoop to DeAndre Aiden. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's read and stand to our feet for God's word. If you could go ahead and locate Ephesians chapter 4. And we are going to read verse 31 and verse 32. Again, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. 
going to let you know right now, you don't have to put your seatbelt on for this one. And I believe God is strategic in terms of worship within our song sets, that as we deal with the matters of family, that we're ready to receive what God has today. Amen. So on the count of three, let's read. One, two, three. Get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger. No more shouting or insults. No more hateful feelings of any sort. Instead, be kind and tenderhearted to one another and forgive one another as God has forgiven you through Christ Jesus. You may be seated all in the Lord's house. Amen. Whew. My soul still says yes. Hallelujah. If you allow me for 20 minutes, we will continue on our We Are Family series. This is installment number seven, and I am definitely sure we will not finish this week. Matter of fact, we'll finish next week as we celebrate our Independence Day, not only just as a nation, but spiritually. So please make sure you join us. We'll try to cut things down. We know in St. Louis with rain and beautiful weather, you want to get out and do your barbecue. But it will really bless my heart and spirit and definitely Pastor Aldine that you're able to make it here. Amen. So when it comes to We Are Family, we've kind of hit the whole gamut. We've talked about parenting. We talked about children. We've talked about money. We talked about how to have crucial conversations. We've also discussed last week God fathers for our Father's Day, that God has empowered us to do each and everything our heart desires, but we have to make choices. But to be a great family, to be the men of God, to be the women of God that God has called us to be, it's going to take work. One of the scriptures that we shared or quotes we shared last week that really resonated with me is that God's greatest pain is to be doubted. But God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. Sometimes we just think our belief is based on how we talk, how we walk, if we tithe, if we give our offering, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things we have to believe, I know it's not popular, but the Word of God. And so today, for my note takers, our focus is fences. Say fences. Fences. We're going to talk about the principle and key that's imperative for all families to be great, and that is forgiveness. Look to your neighbor and say, you need to forgive. Look to your other neighbor and say, 70 times 7. Fences. Forgive me for my subjectivity as we think about movies. I know this is probably the most unbiblical statement I will say, but Fences is the worst movie that Denzel Washington has ever produced. Why do I say that? I see a father, I see a family that is damaged as they struggle to move forward because they cannot see 
past their past. That while they can stay in the same house, while they can grow and matriculate through school, that I see fences all through the movie. And just like their family, but even with our family, if we don't learn how to forgive, we can have the same last name, we can all get on the same flight, we can all go on the same vacation, but we can't be family. See, if we don't learn how to exercise forgiveness at home, (laughs) you know it's not going to happen at work. Not even in the house of the Lord. If we don't learn how to forgive first at home. Matter of fact, if I had a mirror, some of that forgiveness begins with looking at yourself. I'm mad because I'm comparing myself to people on IG. I'm mad because of the amount of money I got in my bank account. I'm mad because I'm still single. I'm mad because I'm still married. But if we don't learn how to forgive, we cannot have a thriving family. Y'all still with me? Do not tune me out. Stay with me today. Let's just be careful. What is forgiveness not, right? Because we try to come up with our own definition. Forgiveness, when you define it, it means to lay aside. That means when we forgive, that means we are able to let go of stuff. Or sometimes forgiveness means we got to send it away. Or forgiveness, here's the hard one, clear the record. Forgiveness. Here's four things that it's not. You can put the first one on the screen. Forgiveness is not conditional. I'll forgive you if... I'll forgive you if you do this. That's not forgiveness. That's the world's forgiveness, but that ain't the word forgiveness. Forgiveness is not based on your response. Forgiveness can't be earned. Forgiveness, let's be real, is not deserved. And the things that how we have been wronged and hurt, they couldn't pay you enough money for it. Forgiveness, when we try to put a condition in, that is not forgiveness. That is bargaining. I know it's quiet. It's okay. Number two, forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. Forgiveness. Sometimes we've been wronged or we we begin to bury callous in our heart based on what they did. And we hold on to it because they don't understand the severity and the consequences of what they did to you. Wounded. Some of us harbor with unforgiveness because they didn't do it on purpose. But just because it's an accident doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. But sometimes, maybe only for about five of you, or my um, evangelical session over here. But you've been wrong where people actually tried to do it when they wanted to see you fall, when they wanted to pull the rug 
right under you when you were willing to come up. See, don't misquote me on this. Forgiveness from a biblical perspective has to be instant. But trust must be built over time. Don't miss that. Forgiveness, instant. But trust? The Bible only talks about trusting God. But some of us crazy folks, you're going to have to earn it. Number three, sometimes we don't forgive because it's viewed and perceived as a sign of weakness. I can't forgive because I'm losing my man code. I can't forgive because that means I'm giving in to you. And God has said, nope, you need to exercise meekness. Remember Jesus, when they spit in his face, when they nailed him on the cross, he had the power to do any and everything that he wanted to. But even on the cross, he looked to the person on his right and says, you will be with me in paradise. He looked to the people in front of him and said, forgive them because they know not what they do. And if I don't forgive them, we wouldn't be standing here today. Forgiveness is not a sign of weakness, but is a sign of strength. Number four, forgiveness is not forgetting what has happened. See, sometimes we got to say when we forgive, we should just erase it and as if it didn't happen. No, you remember it. You can't delete stuff out your mind, but the key is not forgetting. The key is, will we see the situation through the lens of grace? through the lens of mercy, through the lens of, uh uh-oh, God's sovereignty. That means if you're in it, that means he allowed it. Uh Uh-oh. If you're in it, that means God allowed it. So it's not a matter of us forgetting what has happened, but trusting in the one that's not only the alpha, but the Omega, not the God that understands our past and our present, but the one that sees our future. So kind of to walk us through this, I find no other better player in the Bible than the story of Joseph. Y'all know Joseph, right? Let me just make sure. Raise your hand if you know Joseph. Okay. Class is in session. Joseph. If you're online, raise your hand. Joseph, thank you, Sabrina. Good to see you. And Cameron, what's up, bro? Joseph, one of 12 sons. Just stay with me. and You can go ahead and find Genesis chapter 45. We'll be there in a, a brief moment. One of 12 sons. Unfortunately, or fortunately, he was the favorite He was the favorite so much that his daddy gave him a Gucci sweater to floss around (laughs) with his Gucci sweater all day, every day, wearing it, rubbing it in the faces of his brothers. And if that wasn't enough, the Bible goes on that he got that M.O.K. spirit upon him and said, I have a dream that all y'all crazy folks 
that's wearing the Salvation Army, the St. Vincent Goodwill jacket, will bow down to me in my Gucci sweater. But unfortunately, everybody that's in your camp is not in your corner. Unfortunately, just because we sit on the same row, when I come up, you still may not celebrate. Unfortunately, when my promotion comes, you may be still mad. But we see Joseph, a teenager, with the biblical arrogance of what God told him to do, what God showed him will happen. And as a result, due to his brother's level of frustration, of anger, and everything you saw in Ephesians chapter 4, they said, we're going to kill him. We're going to see how good God is. We're going to kill him. We're going to deal with him. And they begin to argue and say, yo, when he dies, I'm getting a Gucci sweater. When he goes, I'm taking a dream. And we see a situation where they decided not to kill him, but set him up to sell him into slavery. Because there's one thing to see somebody die, but there's a whole nother level of anger when you prefer to see them suffer. I don't know where Gio at or Elmer at, but one of the things that I have heard from my friends in the army is that when you're at battle, you prefer to deal with someone that's dead versus wounded. Because when you're dead, it's final. You can leave them there. But when they're wounded, now you need two, you need three other people to be dragged and slowed down because of the situation. So they wanted to see him wounded, to suffer, to mock and laugh at what he believed to be a God-given vision. So as he is sold into slavery, he gets to Potiphar's house. And I can only imagine the hurt, the pain, and the frustration to know that you are a son, but now you're a slave. Joseph didn't grow up low income. Joseph didn't grow up in middle class. Joseph was the elite of the elite. We know what our Bible says. The blessings of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he was supposed to be next. And he is stuck in slavery. So in this situation, when you think about what his brothers has done to him, just like us, We have to decide, will we get bitter or will we get better? Will we stay in the heart posture of unforgiveness or will we press through with forgiveness so we can move forward? See, Joseph had this dream and now he's sitting in a situation that doesn't look like what he's been through. Just as Pastor Drew said, he's believing God for a debt-free building for diverse city, but then the roof is leaking. How did this happen? God, it, it didn't look like this. It didn't look like the four to five hours he was here to midnight. Is that dream still alive? But Joseph was able to move past his unforgiveness, and to begin to work and begin to thrive. 
and God promoted him to be in charge. And when we see people work their gifts and we see people live out their calling, other people start watching. To the point where we see in the story, I know this doesn't happen today, but in the Bible, we had an aggressive woman. She was like, oh, snap, oh, sucky, sucky, Joseph. I see how you're working. I see how you're building that house. I see how you're leading with confidence to the point where she tried to tempt him, and he had to run, not because he did something wrong, because he was trying to do the right thing. I know this never happened to anybody but me, where I've had to run, not because I was wrong, but because you were right. And see, then we see Joseph in the middle of this situation, that the plans that he's expecting, not lining up, starting a business, getting another job, and things continue to fall apart. And that's what we're all faced with. Will we accept the emotional virus of unforgiveness or we will believe the word of God? See, if we carry this unforgiveness with our family and resenting them with our church members, with our coworkers, with our parents, it blocks us from reaching our destiny. Y'all still with me? Raise your hand. I know it's getting tight. But then we see Joseph is in jail. So you're telling me he went from son to slave. Now he's in a cell? That ain't how God moved. That ain't how the scriptures. God said we move from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from increase to increase, the blessing of Abraham. But now if you look at his life, it doesn't look like it's going up. But matter of fact... It looks like it's going down. And there are people in here that are looking at their situation. I treated my parents right. I treated my family right. And I thought I should be going up. But life situations are sending me down. See, between better and bitter is an I. Don't miss that. The difference between better and bitter is an I. See, when someone has hurt you, in your family, when someone has hurt you on a job, when someone has hurt you at church, you have to wrestle with this question as Pastor Aldean said, what is your focus? Is it gonna be I? Or do we say yes to him? Is it gonna be I? Pride, P-R-I-D-E. His pride was hurt because his vision It's brighter than his situation, and we have to learn, like the children of Israel, that if we choose to carry our emotional baggage, we will not hit the promised land for our family. So we have to be able to face the music, whether it's a big situation or a little situation. The Bible tells us it's the little seeds that spoils the vines. Go to Genesis chapter 45. Check this out real quick. Genesis chapter 45. 
It is time to face the music. It's okay for Joseph to move past his circumstances and his situations. But what do we do when we face the people that started this whole problems and issues and burdens in your life? What do you do? It's one thing for me to be mad at somebody in Florida because I've moved to St. Louis and I may not see them again. But what happens when they're sitting on your row at church? What happens when you see them at the grocery store? What happens when they have moved on and you're still hurting? See, Joseph bring this up about how we should handle and how we keep a heart that is warm and that is on fire for God. The Bible says in verse 1, Joseph couldn't stand it any longer. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out, all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians could hear him. And the word of it was quickly carried to the Pharaoh's place. See, Joseph has learned how to progress. Joseph has learned how to advance through various circumstances and situations. But now, the people that hurt him, where he heard them coming up with schemes, his own brothers saying, you should die. What are you going to do in this situation? Verse number three, it says, I am Joseph. And he says to his brothers, it's my father. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. But here's the situation in verse number four. Please come here. Please come closer. And he said to them, so they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you've sold into slavery. Woo! That sounds good. But what is your actions and your recourse when the person that hurt you, now you have the power to do whatever you want? Whether it's a parent, whether it's your child, and you spend all this money and they turn on you? But Joseph said, instead of pushing them away, he brought them close. Instead of saying, leave me alone, you get on my nerves, you ruined this situation, he did not respond in his flesh, but he responded in faith. Joseph did not reject them, but he asked them to draw near Joseph did not get on their nerves, but he was willing to help in this situation. See, when we don't give up our offense, when we don't begin to settle, God is saying to many of us the plans and the promises that are designed for you in 2021 that you have to let go of drama, trauma, pain, and agony if you ever desire to make it to purpose. No, but you don't understand, do you? No, but God, I'm an exception to the rule, okay? 
see, when offense comes, you have the choice to build a bridge or build a fence. You have the choice right now to build a bridge or build a fence. You have the choice when God promotes you. You have a choice when you have raised and become bigger and stronger and wiser than your parents to build a bridge. You can put it up here in the front. Put it between me and them. And um, can y'all grab those other two over there if you help me out? You have the choice to build a bridge or a fence, and we're going to just line it up here. Yep. But then verse number five, don't worry about them. Just look at the screen real quick. The Bible says, but don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves. For you selling me to this place, it was God. Oh, my Lord. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. It's funny how man rejection leads to God promotion. It's funny how the only reason I moved to St. Louis because I got rejected four times for jobs that I knew I was the most qualified for. But it was in God's rejection. It was in me not holding on to that anger and pain. And I could have called the equal opportunity and I was right to do it based on what they told me, based on the programming, based on the amount of work I had to do. And God says, build a bridge, not a fence. Nope, I'm going to stay right here. Hallelujah. Bless his name. Won't he do it? And we try to build barriers between our situation. And God is saying, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. That same situation, it was two days before we moved and we're planning to move to St. Louis. It was December 23rd. Our affairs were ordered and they said, hey, we want you to take this job. We're going to pay you five times what St. Louis will pay you. And then that was the situation. They said, man, bump y'all. Y'all don't deserve me. Get out my face. And I said, no. Thank you for the opportunity. But I am following my assignment. See, there are some of you guys with your family, with other coworkers, with church members, whether you're leading or you've been promoted and you want to do this thing. And we see situations. One of my things I am proud of the most, when you bring many praise and worship leaders together and everyone gets scared and say, oh, no, too many egos. They're going to get mad at each other because Mike going to hit that note like this and Maya going to hit that note like that and Chris going to do his thing. And then next week, Miss Karen going to sing her note and we get offended for the simplest stuff. And God is saying, no more fences. Build a bridge. No more fences. Build a bridge. Forgiveness. When we refuse, that toxic begins to grow. That toxic begins to unharbor in our hearts, and we're mad and we're upset. But God did it. God says, you know what? That people you don't like, I am going to use you 
to change their life. You know those employers you don't like? I am going to use you. Yes, you were a finance manager. Now you're there to be the minister of finances. You know those people you don't like when you fry your chicken? You're going to save the people that's cooking fries. In the situation, will you build a fence or build a bridge? See, forgiveness, don't miss this. Forgiveness is the gift you give to yourself. No, I know we want to drink poison and we expect somebody else to die and we'll chug it. Yeah, they're about to die. Oh, yeah. But no, forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself. Forgiveness is the gift that we get to have to move forward. Forgiveness is the gift that whether I am in the palace, whether I am in the pit, God is still on my side. Forgiveness. See, here's a, here's a crazy situation right here. And I don't have time to unpack it, but if you can locate and you can put this on the screen, 2 Samuel chapter 16. Look at it real quick. Don't turn because I'm rolling. The Bible says Absalom followed, I can't say that name, but we're going to call him Phil, as vice, just as David had done. For every word Phil spoke seemed as wise as though they were directly hearing from the mouth of God. So we got my man Phil that was anointed, my man Phil that was chosen, that when you went to Phil, when Phil responded, it was like you had a direct access with God. He was a prophet. He was chosen, and he was anointed doing the rule and reign of David. He was a prophet operating in gifts. Should we fight the Philistines? Should we fight the ice? Should we fight the Coronaites? And Phil would tell the people, whatever you need help with, come to me. I can speak on the behalf of God. But Phil, over the course of one chapter, not even one extra Verse, look at this, 2 Samuel, not 16, 23, but 2 Samuel 17, 23. When Phil realized that his advice had not been followed, he saddled up his donkey and he went to his hometown. He set his affairs in order and he hanged himself. He hanged himself and he died because of offense. See, this is not just for those that are unsaved, but those that have been serving God for a long time. Yeah. And you know he speaks to you. You know he used to you. And we see a prophet of God because of bitterness when he had an opportunity to get better. But because of unforgiveness, he killed himself. You know what? I'm tired of you, God. I don't like the way this situation is. And he killed himself. He went from being the saint of saints to committing suicide. See, some of us has done it. Maybe it's not a physical death, but it's spiritual. You holding on to something and you can't even hear from God anymore. God, why does it feel like there's a fence between me and you? God, I'm trying to hide from them. I'm going to stay over here because if I see them, 
I'm going to have to give them a piece of my mind. And we try to take a little peek and see if they're still there. And then we pray to God and say, Lord, bless me. Lord, keep me. And we don't see anything moves. And we have adopted the mindset of Phil because of offense. So what is the ultimate manifestation of unforgiveness? What is the ultimate manifestation of bitterness? Death. 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 Adam, where are you? Adam, you have everything but offense creates death. Emotional offense. When we get mad at our parents, we get mad at other people, and yes, you still come to church, yes, you still work the front door, yes, you can still play the drums, but I see dead people. I see dead people. This is not about raising your hand, but this is about being obedient to God when things don't go the way you want it to go. I know it's quiet. It's okay. Offense. When we should be building bridges. Offense. Sometimes they won't say it right. Offense. Sometimes they won't do it right. And God is saying for us to be family, we got to grow up. For us to be a family, you can call out the situation and whether they get it or not, do not allow the situation to kill you. We want you. Your family needs you to build bridges and not fences. See, the scripture goes on, stay with me. In verse number seven, the Bible says, This is Joseph speaking, that God sent me here ahead of you to keep our family together. God allowed me to go through the pain, the agony, the frustration, the issues, because he wanted to keep our family together. He knew it, that in 2021, that in 2014, when you offended me, that God will protect me, that God will give me the job, that God can help me open the door for you. He sent me through it. He has come to the realization that if they never put him in the pit, that if Potiphar's wife didn't put him in the prison, that he would never be up on a stage on top and in charge of the palace. Yes, the butler left him hanging. Yes, the baker left him hanging. But when God ordains, he will instruct. When God ordains, he will provide. And we see in the life of Joseph, yes, he cried, Yes, he lost some sleep. Yes, he lost a lot of time. And he would give up that Gucci coat and whatever it is to not go through the pain and the agony. Yes, he wanted deliverance, but God made him stronger. Yes, he wanted help, but God made him the answer. But he comes to the realization that at the end of the day, when we think we're building fences against people, the person that we build a fence with is God. 
What are you doing in your situation right now? Who is worth hmm, jeopardizing your purpose? Who is worth your relationship with him? I know he brought you this far, but will you trust him to bring you all the way through? We are family. I know I want to keep it real, Kyra. I know they left you. I know they hurt you. I know you're probably in the prison right now, or you may be an accused of the brethren. And God is saying, trust me. God is saying, don't allow the season of delay to get you off the path of destiny. But you have to do some of the hard work and stop building fences and building bridges. I know it hurts. One day at a time, one step at a time, but don't allow it to impact your family. See, there are some of you just like Pastor Aldine shared, and God is saying, walk on the water, and the gates that you use to build a fence now can serve as your bridge to get you through. Woo, that wasn't even planned. It is your bridge. And some of you have made it this far, and you're going to have a choice. Am I going to focus on the wind? Am I going to focus on my bank account? Am I going to focus on a storm? Am I going to focus on the roof? Am I going to focus on if we're going to do this? Can we do that? What are you going to do when it's just you and God, and you have a choice right now to pick it up, to build a fence, or to trust God to bring you through? Somebody in this house needs to say, I am prepared for this. I am prepared for this season. Trust God when you're in the middle of a storm. Trust God in the middle of your situation. And just as we started, the Bible says, we got to get rid of all bitterness. We got to get rid of our anger. We got to get rid of the shouting and insults. We got to get rid of these hurtful things. Because if we hold on to one over time, we begin to set up the bridge again. I know what they did. You can't get them back. And that's why we need verse 32. But God says, instead, be kind. Instead, be tenderhearted. Instead, forgive one another because he has forgiven you. Stand to your feet. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. Lord, I didn't expect a lot of amens or a round of applause, but Lord... Just as we said with praise and worship, as we prophetically said, we say yes to you. God, I pray today will be a day of open heart surgery. Open heart surgery to be able to do your work in our families. That many of us has and know that we are anointed for purpose. But the plans look crazy. The, The plans hurt my heart. And we sit there and say, Lord, why? Why I got to lose three kids to get two? 
Why I got to be engaged to finally get married? Why I got to get food stamps before I begin to flourish? And God is saying right now, choose the fence or the bridge. Your testimony can be you don't look like what you've been through when you learn how to forgive. Your testimony will be it was not by might. It was not by power. But it was by his spirit. God wants to pour new wine. The question is the old wine skin can only be used for offense. But you can make a choice right now, here today, to receive your new wine skin. If you're willing to get some new wine skin and you're asking God to pour it out, come on, raise your hand all over this place. Father, I'll be honest, my brother heard me. Father, I'll be honest, my sister heard me. Father, I'll be honest, they hurt me in the church. Father, I'll be honest, they hurt me at work. You told me to do my work unto you, then why are they treating me like this? Father, why did I lose my job? But I trust you. Lord, allow us today and every day that our meditations of our heart and the words of our mouth will be acceptable in your sight. We need you today. Lord, I lift up those that have their hands lifted. We lift them as a sign of surrender. We lift them as a sign that you are the authority. Lord, we've been holding our hands folded. We've been holding our fists tight and say, Lord, you put me in this prison. You put me in slavery and I don't got much left. And God is saying, will you still lift your hands? Will you still trust me? Will you still follow me through the valley of shadow of death? Your choice is to fear no evil. Your choice is to continue to build bridges. Your choice is to turn it over to me because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Your choice right now is to give it to God and when he touches, it is done with it. Or if you're going to touch it, it's going to continue to drag. And if we can be honest, our choices don't just affect me. It's a we thing. God, I want to make the right choices for my family. God, I want to make choices for my spouse. God, I want to make choices for my city. God, I want to make choices for my county. God, I want to make the right choices for my region. That it can be known and said here that if my people who are called by my name choose to humble themselves and pray and seek their face and turn from their wicked ways of bitterness, anger, and unforgiveness, that we can be free from this virus and do and be all that you have called us to be. So Lord, forgive us this day. We accept a brand new start, 
a brand new beginning on halfway through the year. Next week, it is July. It is a national day, but I want to know in this house who is excited, who is grateful for their spiritual freedom, for who the Son has set free. It's free indeed all over this house. For your mercies and grace are new every morning. It's not a matter of going through the calendar of the day, but His mercy is available when we choose to build bridges instead of fences. So Father, I pray today that during this tough talk that we apply it, that we don't just be hearers of the word, but we do our part to be doers of the word, that we may find freedom in you, freedom in our decisions, that when you open a door, when you give a dream, when you give a vision, no man on earth can stop it. But when you close a door, no man or woman on earth can open it. So we treasure and trust in the things that you have called us to do and be at Diverse City, a perfect church but most of all of imperfect people, of all nationalities, cultures, backgrounds, and generations, but the people that are choosing to love instead of hating, people that choose grace instead of unforgiveness, and people that choose mercy instead of making a mess, and people that choose to make bridges instead of building fences. If you agree with that today, give God some praise all over this place. Hallelujah.